Yo, man, I told you, my mother's mother's mother was Real mother's black. mother's mother's father. This ain't Roots mother. <laughs> man, I want to see a picture of this Nubian princess. Okay? Yeah, I want you to If you were any less black, you would be clear. Maybe you can hum the theme song. Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong. While the memory's not too strong, there's a piece of you from a time long gone. So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain, question we ask is still the same. Is it a treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Hello and welcome to another episode of Is This Still Good? I'm your host, Gavin Murray. And with me, as occasionally, is another host whose name may or may not be Sage Bilderbeck. I'm, al- I'm always physically here. I'm not always present. It is really creepy the way you do that. But I am always Sage Bilderbeck. Until I'm not. What's up, Gavin? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Happy New Year. How was uh, Christmas, New Year's... Orthodox Christmas, MLK, all the holidays. Yeah, you know, January was great. Okay, cool. <laughs> that was yours. Yeah, it was pretty good. Went to Portugal, and now I'm back. Glad to have you with us. Yeah. Now, what do we do on this podcast? Is that a, is that a real question, or is that rhetorical? I've forgotten, but... Well, Gavin, this is a podcast where we... Take off our nostalgia goggles and re-examine childhood treasures and see if they're um, still good. That is the okay. thing. That sounds like a thing people could do. Yeah, we've, we've done it like 40 times. Speaking of people, <laughs> we have a guest with us today. Speaking of people. <laughs> That's really good. His name is Benji. Benji, welcome to the podcast. Hello, how's it going? It's going good. Benji, how was your Three Kings Day? My three kings. Oh, uh, Dia de los Tres Reyes. Uh, it's been great. Uh, <laughs> um, it's been excellent. Uh, I always day drink during that time. So that's that's your January sixth. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess last year on January sixth, I day drank the whole day. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard someone ask me that in a while. That's why I was like, oh, I do celebrate that. So. It was so tragic to to watch all that coup happen on the most sacred of three kings days. <laughs> it did. Jeez. It broke. Broke my little orthodox heart. Oh, Lord, I didn't think about that. (laughs) I just found out, fun fact for for us and all the listeners, uh, apparently in Russia they celebrate Christmas on January 6th. Stick that in your pocket and uh, pull it out at a later time when it's useful. Russian bar trivia. I mean, it sounds like something to get into now with, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's more than the deep state. We've got foreign agents infecting uh, Christmas. It's the real war on Christmas. Being exposed right here now on this podcast. As always, the war on the war on everything always comes oh. from Russia. As uh, as someone said in my life, you know it's just about Christmas, right? No, what? the surprises about Christmas. <laughs> it's the surprises. Wow, that was that is some professional podcasting, which you have not seen much on this podcast. But that was a beautiful pivot to what we're here to talk about today, because that is a quote than none other than Benji. What did you bring for us to talk about today? Oh. And I don't actually have it in my library. Um, I uh, I have it digitally copied uh, on wow. our Patreon. Oh, I'm already doing a, a commercial in bytes. Uh, a movie from 1999 uh, that... Wait, can we guess? Can you guess? I, I guess <laughs> so. Is this part of your podcast is to guess? I, I yeah. would say, yeah. I would just is it a fight say, club? 
It is not Fight Club, but it is from the year of the American Beauty. No, it's not American Beauty. Thankfully, Mm. thankfully, not American Beauty. um, It isn't the most beautiful thing you've seen, but um, is it election? It's. You know what? This movie and election are actually companions in my life because I watched them back to back as a kid from Blockbuster. So um, the first time, is it Cruel Intentions? Close. It has it, it has quite a cast like Cruel Intentions. <laughs> um, is it is Ten Things really, I Hate About You? I forgot how fucking bonkers this fucking year. This is Ten Things I Hate About You, but on um on definitely on vaporwave and dr- and, and a lot more drugs. <laughs> so, is it The Sixth Sense? You know, I mean, you know what? It, you're not. No, you know what? There, there are forever. some moments where characters might be dead. Actually, Jesus they, Christ, yeah. Sage. <laughs> Go through it. There's Is a it lot, the talents of Mr. Ripley? That's right. We're here to talk about Go. <laughs> oh, no. Go is the name more movies from 1999. Is it Go. the Boondock Saints? <laughs> um, I was going to say, probably the greatest soundtrack in 1999. That was my other my other hint. Um, I mean, uh, is it The Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> is it The Matrix? Everything's The Matrix. Don't you know this answer? It's <laughs> Even search of like ninety nine. Um, it is a movie that, interesting enough, I get it gets called the, the junior Pulp Fiction before. Not to say anything, but a movie I worked on that I'm very proud of about <laughs> several years ago was called the new Junior Pulp Fiction or Son of Pulp Fiction. Um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction the third. Pulp Fiction the third. This movie was essentially they said would not exist without Pulp Fiction. Um, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. So, <laughs> I mean, knowing like the story behind how this movie does this, this is a short film that he that was sitting on for for a while. But then I guess it did get turned yeah. into a multi narrative thing. So, like, that's fair. I just I always hate like Pulp Fiction's a great movie, yeah. but it gets way more credit than it actually deserves for this style of film. Like, we've had multi narrative films. We've had like po- pop culture talk in films. And I may not be correct on this, but in the history of that director who made this movie that we have not said the title yet officially for, <laughs> um, <laughs> go ahead. It We're going to. It's technically his Pulp Fiction because he made a movie that was like his Reservoir Dogs and even has a Reservoir Dogs sequence in it. Um, uh, should we? Should oh we just, yeah. Should we all say it at once? What's this movie? You, you can go ahead. No, you we have go, no spoilers and... on this podcast that includes the movie title, I... the movie director. <laughs> really, it's like the through context clues the audience has to guess what uh, what movie. It's extremely is. interactive. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're like play here. They already heard Tarantino references. Like I'm turning this off. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, no, go for it. Tell, tell us what. Go, it is. Oh, go for it. Go for What's it, it yeah. on three? One, two, three. Argo. Go scream! Oh, <laughs> go scream! <laughs> go scream! Um, uh, yes, yeah, it is. Should I say? I think it's more of a Doug Lyman movie. I think because John August never wrote a movie like this ever again. I feel like uh, I mean, it is way more Doug Lyman. I think at the end of the day, so I mean, it's hard to pare down what a John August movie is. It's also hard to pare down what a Doug Lyman movie is because it does a lot of different things. I, I would say actually there is a through line with Doug Lyman. I think that there is interesting. Okay, take so take us through the journey of so Doug. I feel like I'm missing that he did do a sort of weird featurette short mo- feature before Swingers. Wait, he starts out with Swingers, right? 
which is kind of like the it's money baby it's the yeah and it's, it's like it's like the new like essentially it's the trilogy that ends the the filmmakers who love making movies and like somehow change the way we talk about movies in the 90s especially in the video store era which is you know it goes from clerks pulp fiction and this movie or reservoir dogs you can take it off sure. so i feel like those are the three that everyone bases on it doug lemon makes this movie which i think is an amazing follow-up it's actually not the sophomore slump it is the like probably the perfect sophomore movie to make because it's i always you know always hear the sophomore slump then yeah, got that sophomore bump <laughs> he makes say. the born identity that's the next one after this and you kind of see a build you do build that in there especially the action stuff and then Bourne kind of takes that turn where he doesn't come back for the sequels, but he's always kind of like the go-to action guy. Like, he's sort of like the the working man's action director. Like, hey, you know what? This guy can make, you know, can doesn't like to do shaky cam. He likes things that are, especially in this era, that starts being more handheld. Like, that chasing in Go is essentially the beginning of where that great amazing chasing and born identity is. Yeah. Also. Yeah. So I think that there's like, there's a lot of through lines with Doug Lyman. And then I think also edge of tomorrow is just an evolution of that. <laughs> kind of that. When, when I meant like less yeah. of a th- there's through line, but when I say like stylistic choices, you can't always tell when something's a Doug Lyman movie. I mean that in the sense, like he will also just go off and do weird movies that don't fit with anything else like american made i would not be able to tell that's a doug lyman movie the wall i would not be able to tell mostly because that's essentially a a bottle movie but it takes place behind a wall in in a sniper den it's get hazy i mean chaos walking that just happened yeah he'll also make chaos walking and jumper (laughs) and i'm actually a fan of jumper i think it definitely if you had a different cast cast member as the lead People sure. wouldn't be ragging on it as much. That's a problem with several movies. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that movie is actually a pretty solid... Um, and it's unfortunate. It's like one of those like Remo Williams where it's like, oh, this could have been a really fun, cool like three or four movie like series. And it was right before Twilight, right before all these like, hey, if we get on that narrative, I really think it comes down to... And I don't think he's actually bad, but if you put someone who is very much disliked <laughs> for just being someone... That they were just like cast Hayden Christensen. <laughs> I feel like that's that's where the movie fails. But that movie, the, the special effects are really good in that film. Actually, they that's really about far. all I remember. And then I remember not liking the movie. And I was at the age where I kind of liked every movie I saw in theaters. That was one I actually read the book for. And I was like, this wasn't that good of a book. And I didn't move on to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's I a saw... book about... Teleporting it's based, teenagers. Based this on, seems based like it's just the made straight yep. for a movie. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of odd double features, I remember going to the theater seeing that and Doomsday, Neil Marshall's Doomsday, if you know that one. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that was a weird <laughs> double feature that day, I remember. So my whole life revolves around double memories. features, if you haven't guessed it. I, well, bringing it back to life a... and movies. <laughs> yeah. Describe who you were and where you were when you first came upon go um if you can i remember the first time i saw a commercial for it and i said i'm definitely wanting to watch that but it was at that age of when i just could and columbine had just happened so they were really checking ids and i was i was almost 13 at the time i think 
And so I remember that distinctly being like, I want to see that movie. And then I also was like, I can't see that right now in a theater. So I had to wait for the video store. Was it, it R or a PG-13? Oh, Go? Go's a hard, hard R. Cause there's, R. There's, nudi- there, there's, there's, there's there's a lot of nudity, actually. It's all... Yeah. I feel like all the oh, hard R right. parts are there actually a whole like chapter. smushed into 10 minutes. <laughs> the, Vegas, the Vegas story yeah. is, 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 is pretty much an R-rated movie. Honestly, um, if you take the Vegas part out, I think it's PG-13. There's uh, an except excessive for, amount of drug use. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Actually, there isn't as much as you'd think. Is as, as much uh, a lot of attempted out. drug use. A lot of attempted drug use. A lot of fake drug use. Giving people actually like Benadryl and not oh, and yeah. saying it's something else. Um, I do have to say is that the third chapter in this movie, uh, it would probably not be uh, um, it'd still be R because, but it'd be just great because of William uh, Fitchner's butt. <laughs> <laughs> walking around naked for that movie i i always admire that i admire william fitcher's uh boldness got a that. good butt bold butt he has a really good butt <laughs> so <laughs> did, were you thrown out of any movies around this time did you did you get turned my away first from... movie i got thrown out of three months later american pie because i it was because of this whole mm-hmm. like the theater which i had got I, it's my, it was my hometown theater i went to like almost every other day they knew my name but then, oh. like, Columbine happened, and they just, like, sanctioned everyone. Like, you gotta have ID. I, it was from probably management from up top. And you're like, and you so know was, me? And they're like, we do know you, please. Do you know, you can't come back for a month now. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. I got thrown out of my theater in high school because I bought a ticket to Elf and snuck into Bad Santa. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thankfully they did not remember me, and I That's was back double. the next day. I think I actually felt so bad that I went and bought a ticket to Elf and watched Elf like the next day to try and, I don't know, make up for it somehow, which is kind of sad. Yeah. (laughs) I I never got caught doing that. I I was probably just too sneaky. But there were definitely several times where I had plans to watch two or three movies that ended up just like, whoops, walking right out the door strategically at the the right moment. Oh. Oh, movie hopping, which... Movie hopping, uh, yeah, constant. There was even a website called, uh, I forget what it was called, like movie hopping that would allow you to schedule uh, based on movie theater times and run times. Well, they still have, I mean, like, I still use, like, a double feature app. Like, I, I used that last week, but, like... I actually paid for the movies. It was on AMC. Right. Oh, okay. Paid with that subscription, but like to at least block them out to know what three movies I was going to see, uh, which were The King's Man, Licorice Pizza, and Scream 5. <laughs> it's a hell of a triple feature. <laughs> oh, wow. Well. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you prequeled, you went back to the 70s, and then he requeled. Essentially, he did requel. What, yeah. So. It's actually the first time I've heard that term. I'm I'm, I'm more of a fan of legacy sequel. Legacy sequel or reboot, retool. <laughs> so. Well, it's a, it's a level beyond a reboot. Yeah, the movie's right. Like all the reboots, just like grab the original cast now. Which isn't, yeah, it's, I made it sound like a complaint, but it's just it's just an interesting through line of everything now. Yeah. So how long did you have to wait after being turned away from the theater to see this movie? I think there was a there was a pretty quick turnaround for this film, if I remember, because it didn't really do well in theaters. It's definitely more of a, a VHS rental and soundtrack. You know, the soundtrack did great. The numbers are great. But, you know, uh, yeah. the movie, I, th- I think it also opened around near the Matrix time as well. So, <laughs> well, as you guys were describing, it is a fucking packed year. That yeah. is a lot of money to spend on, on in, at a movie theater, even just to keep up with the hits. 
Yeah. And this was early, yeah, because this was this, yeah, this is April when the movie came out. So I probably saw it like three or four months after. Um, I just remember renting it with election and watching those back and back to back and then being like, man, I can't wait to get, be an adult <laughs> or near. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's why I saw it. And I, for me, I was pretty blown away by it. Um, it also might have even precursed me into a profession working at a gro- working at grocery stores from my high school to uh, just a few just a couple years ago <laughs> working at grocery stores this is so, a movie that made you want yeah. to work in grocery stores cuz like, all I, the best adventures start <laughs> i did not want to work in a grocery store but i feel like oh hey this is where you you know hang out make friends do the deal drugs thing. out the back and maybe get shot in vegas on a on a good weekend but i wanted to be timothy Oliphant in that movie i was the oh, person yeah. i'd seen him and i was like that dude is so cool. He's got dice tat- tattoos on his neck. <laughs> like yeah. he has a cat. Um, He's got a even cat. Though I'm, even though I'm like a dog person, <laughs> I want to be an adult and have a cat and sell drugs. I thought his apartment was cool, but yeah, I was just like, and he had like, I just remember when like the the girl That's came by and you know who had, he had already. I'll see you later. And I was just like, man, this guy is living the Hollywood dream, right? Yeah, here. So, doesn't own any shirts. Yeah. <laughs> he just well i i don't i don't mind that at all so um especially if it's to be the elephant you know i think he did gone in 60 seconds like right after this which is like entirely the opposite of this character but um but yeah that that was definitely it and then i had a huge crush on katie holmes at the time fair and um and uh yeah movie opens with that especially with uh, then he's make then not to give anything away but the ending, he's making out with Katie Holmes on the stairs, and I may have done this at several times in my Hollywood L.A. dreams. <laughs> feel, feel free to spoil anything all the time, yeah. always, pretty much, on this. Yeah. yeah it's, but we, we like to tease as much as we yeah. can, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but um, <laughs> I, and I also think it's interesting, and it might have precursed me that, I never went to Vegas until I got a chance to work on a, on a, on a movie there. So that was my first exposure to Vegas. Was like, oh, I got to make a movie in Vegas, and like we shot shot all around the the Fremont Street area. So nice. What what was it called? Was it a good time? Uh, it was. It was my. It was the first thing I ever like was a production assistant on. Uh, It was called Electric Children. Um, came out about ten years ago. So I don't know Um, anything about it, but that's a great title. Electric. It has like at the at, it's like electric at the end. There's a K at the end. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Never mind. It's like, actually, I, I it's one I'm, I'm I'm proud of. I it's it's a little little indie film that yeah that that went went I think has a better distribution internationally than in the states because I couldn't even find it on streaming. I think you can get on Prime now, but I wonder if that's the case with Go too. I feel like it'd be you know, big in France or something. I could see that because like definitely the race <laughs> got scene. big French energy. Yeah, <laughs> well it does because the whole movie revolves around club kid club stuff and and in the United States. From what I've been told, because I was like, oh, this these things, raves happen? I guess this, like, Groove was another movie that came out around the same time. But a lot of people saying that was kind of the end of the U.S. tour of Kid Club rave Oh, stuff. this was the end of rave culture. End rave. of rave culture, but then rave culture came back through Europe. Samurai Jack. Oh, okay, yeah. And then Europe brought it back, and now it's in its own sort of thing. But I remember that was, like, the big, like, oh, go, when people actually had been in the scene, I remember, like, oh, I, I, I never ever talked to them about it. They're like, yeah, that movie's all right. Like, that's not really how it was, but, <laughs> you know. I mean. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Um, I This movie, for me, has just the right amount of rave in it 
I, I do not need <laughs> any more rain. You don't need like the, the pacifiers. And <laughs> I'm, I'm good. You know, the Matrix was the same year, and it's like maybe maybe a little bit too much by the sequels yeah. for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the Matrix is has... more BDSM underground. Yeah, no, that cult, part's fine. Uh, it's the yeah. dancing in Zion that like goes on. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like we're in the we're in the aughts. See, we're still in the nineties <laughs> in Go. Okay, like yeah, the aughts. I would say that the that the movie has the right amount of raves. I I wish uh, I wish the critics had the right amount of raves for Go. Uh, oh, what I thought they loved it. Like um, Roger Ebert. Yeah, but it's not universally loved. That's fucked up. <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> says critically acclaimed. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Did Entertainment Weekly say something? Is that or Premier Magazine wasn't a fan? I was listening to like uh, it's Leonard Maltin who doesn't like this movie. He went on a whole thing. Oh like fuck, a Leonard Maltin. I'm sorry. Doug loves movies episode that he was on. <laughs> I met Leonard Maltin in an elevator, and he just looked so lost. Did you also... punch him? <laughs> I just remember. Just, this yeah, is for you go. know what you did. This is for go. We we had just we just the toxic out of... fandom of go. I know toxic fandom. I, I, I we had just watched a movie. Uh, it, was, it was something with Casey Affleck, and then like I think I'm not there. Just had come out, mm-hmm. and Leonard Maltin like went past like, "Oh, how you doing?" And like we just kind of like brushed each other in an elevator, and then he just turned to me and was like, "I'm not Casey Affleck." And I'm like, I, "You are not," <laughs> and I'm like, "Man, this guy's old." Me, me either, man. <laughs> like my name's Ben. I don't have a brother named Casey. <laughs> so, um. Gavin, when did you first see Go? Man, I'm not sure. This felt felt like one of those ones that like I probably rented from Tower Video pretty early on. I feel like it's one I also picked up from Streetlight Records for like a buck on VHS and just had. It's a movie I watched a lot. Um, Sage, you talked about like this kind of being like a, a subgenre of post um pulp fiction films, which, you know, we'll talk about, but like, yeah, that was a this was just something that I would watch a lot and I hadn't seen it in a very long time. And we watched it together and I remembered like every line, which does not happen with me. Cause I have a terrible memory. <laughs> it's fair. It's also like, I don't, I don't know if it's the most quotable movie, like all the, all the lines work in the movie, but uh, I don't know. It, I remembered them all as they were happening, but like, yeah. I don't remember them all now <laughs> the day after watching no, it. But I watched it with you and every time a scene started, I was giggling, yeah. which I'm sure was annoying as shit to sit next to. But, <laughs> and but yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't realized that you you had seen it much less multiple times, and that's because like I bring this movie up a lot, and I just get blank stares. Like this movie came, I keep I keep reading about it as a cult classic, but like most of the people I talk to have maybe heard of this movie, but mostly blank stares. This was this was a movie I watched a few times in high school. Uh, similar to Benji, I remember the commercial for it and like the 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 theme that cuts through and just doom 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 doom. That that's what I was thinking. No, <laughs> exactly. Um, it was fucking energetic commercial that stuck with me, and then reappeared in my film school. Had a professor who just really liked Go, and he made us read the screenplay for Go, and he made us reenact a scene from Go, which I'll I'll talk about later. So it ended up being, and even in that film school, I was the only person who raised my hand when he asked if you'd seen Go. And it was like a, a fuck yeah hand raise. <laughs> no one else knew what the movie was. Did did we all take... Uh, also, do you prefer Ben or Benji? I just realized. Uh, Benji, I... I yeah. Benji. Okay, just, just making G. sure. 
Uh, Benji the Hunted. Yeah, we got some tapes back here of that. So. <laughs> did Did you take screenwriting classes, Benji, at all? Um, I did. Um, so I, all of us have taken screenwriting classes. Because yeah. I'm just curious, what are the weird examples that you guys had teachers? Because Go, I didn't get to watch in screenwriting class. That would have been fun. Should have gone to a real school. Hey, now. I had Ooh. Clueless and then the um, Birds on a Wire from Pixar was one that was brought mm. up to me a lot, which is like a very nice visual representation of um, because it's characters literally on a line going higher and lower. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. You get those peaks and valleys is what they're teaching exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, save the I cat. Wish, we got to save the cat. I wish they'd had a study an animated script. Yeah. That cat hanging on a wire still somewhere. <laughs> and then Brick was the indie darling that like we deconstructed, which a great fucking movie. We did a lot of Go. We did a lot of Galaxy Quest because that's kind of a kind of a perfect <laughs> script from just. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and then Breaking Bad. We watched like two seasons of Breaking Bad and everyone did their capstone about different things on Breaking Bad. Like Mine was about the, the use of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle within the show. <laughs> Wow. Is that a made a bunch of uh, a friend of mine just did one about the coding of like facial hair for uh for villainy and how all the all the really masculine characters just don't have actual hair <laughs> in the show. Everyone's bald. I mean John McClane set the standard, right? Wait, uh, does sure. he have hair in that movie? Shit. At he first does, he, he does. does huh? He does have yeah. hair. Yeah, he has hair. Yeah, he was uh, uh, yeah. the Bruce Willis just yet. So. Back when Bruce Willis actually had hair, he was uh he was using his hair in all of his movies. There was a brief period where he didn't have hair, where he still had hair in movies. So he was fighting that hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think The Sixth Sense was his final, like, okay, this is the last time I'm going to use a hair piece <laughs> for me. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm intrigued. Half... Oh, sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I was I'm intrigued by this, uh, this. Where did you go to film school, uh, Sage? I yeah no I was being a dick about it. I went to like a state school at Eastern Washington University that had a film program. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like because I know both. Uh, yeah, bold flex. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I know both Gavin and I are, are yeah are SF State alumni. So yep, yep. So yeah. Though I did not. I had a minor in cinema. I decided to get away from cinema as a major. So probably smart. I yep. took a minor outside of cinema to try and be smart, and that proved just as useful. You uh, never, you know, what's never helped me get a job in uh, in the film industry. Me, where I went to film oh, school. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> that so, is yeah. not true. So. Oh, yeah. you're definitely not pulling your weight. <laughs> I actually I'm, got you more jobs. Which what is else not is how friendship it's for? <laughs> I'm actually excited to see what scene you reenacted. Oh. from go that's that, that got well me really excited. I'll, I'll tell you after we do our our summary of the film just on the off chance that anyone is uh listening to our podcast who has not seen go uh wow brave of you you know how this podcast goes and how it rambles but we should probably summarize it now that we're a fucking half hour into recording i mean you can pause it and go watch it right now but for those of you who are bolder and braver than i am <laughs> I don't know which which who wants to who wants to. Well, usually we'll make someone summarize the movie, uh, whoever's uh, boldest. Uh, but since this is the three part movie, I my vote would be to each uh, summarize a chapter of it to our best ability. I'm down. But we who wants to, to go first? Who does what? Who wants to go first? 
forcing that pun. All right. Um, I looks like it's the, Gavin. I, yeah. I, will, I will jump in. <laughs> the beginning is the one I feel like I have the least uh, good idea of. But here we go. So we're introduced to a girl whose name I've already forgotten. Rana. She, we're introduced to Rana, who is late on her rent and about to be evicted. She's on hour 18 at her shift at the uh, Rock and Roll Ralphs that she works at. And uh, is resigned to go find a bridge to sleep under. Uh, while taking off her apron and getting, uh, getting on with that unfortunate business, she's approached by one of her coworkers who says, Hey, would you like to take my shift and make enough money to, to, to pay rent? She goes, God, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, it's Christmas. Asked, <laughs> it's Christmas. time for giving. How about a blowjob? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's extra twenty for a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> He's also British um, for no reason. This, I this is important. <laughs> well, if he wasn't British, he would have been to Vegas before, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but he's never been. He hears it's wonderful. We can't quote every part of this movie in the summer. He anyway, <laughs> she takes the money. She decides to go. Uh, and then she, while working the next shift, she's approached by two guys who are like, hey, can we buy some drugs? Usually the guy who we buy him for off is here, but he's not here. And she's like, yeah, OK, I got you. How much how much how much you need? They ask for 20 hits for 20 each. And she's like, yeah, I can make that happen. And so she sets off to cut past her friend and go buy drugs from the source. We meet a scary guy played by uh, Timothy Oliphant. I'm very bad at names. Uh, no, I'm proud of you. That was <laughs> he's the incredible, nicest Gavin. drug dealer. You're doing great. He's the nicest drug dealer. He's he's cool as a cucumber. That guy yeah. with his uh, shaved mutton chops of uh, the '90s era version. Um, he says, "I don't usually. I usually give head before I give favors, but on this one chance, he does her a solid and sells her the drugs uh, with a hundred fronted. So she goes off, uh, tries to sell the drugs. It's a setup, and she flushes them down the toilet and." Gets out of there fast, but then uh, she has to figure out how to get out of that money because now she's in debt to a drug dealer without drugs to sell. So she goes and steals a bunch of like prescription or over-the-counter pills and starts selling them at this Christmas rave that I forgot to mention is the whole genesis for this movie. And um, she's extremely successful at it until the drug dealer finds out that she has fronted him back with fake pills. Uh, and he shows up with a gun because he doesn't fuck around. She gets run over by a car and left in a ditch. And that's my time, I guess. I just want to say, do you know the, the two actors that uh, that front her? I always say that leads up to the third part. Ooh, let's uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's make Gavin name names of people. I yeah. love this game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was watching SNL skits this morning and recognized the blonde guy. So I'm assuming he was an SNL cast member? He yeah. was, yeah, yeah. It's an SNL cast member and a Facts of Life cast member? Is this oh, guy... He's he's too good looking to be a stand-up, is what people used to say <laughs> about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and do you, who's the other guy? Who's the other guy, then? I, 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 I only recognize... So the only people I recognize from this movie who have really gone on to do other things is Katie Holmes and Timothy Oliphant. Well, you're forgetting the uh, the most famous actor in this oh, movie, Tate. Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> That's right. Her her acting debut, <laughs> yeah. on screen debut. Um, Tay Diggs. Oh, and Breckin Myers in this. Breckin Myers. Breckin yeah. Myers in this. Yeah. Also, uh, Road Trip. Yeah. Also, Robot Chicken. 
um, from Doom Generation. No, I was kidding. <laughs> um, that's got a, James it's got a du- fun cast. James Duvall. <laughs> so, um, all right, who wants to tap in next? Oh, I think I'll, I'll that guy who this. I always think is James Woods, but he isn't. He is <laughs> Bill Fitzgerald. <laughs> um, I guess I'll lead in. So, meanwhile, in Vegas, <laughs> rewind back, British man. Hello there. I don't know why I'm British, but it makes up sense. I have to go to Vegas, and my friends have invited me. Sorry with the bad British accent, but I'm going to go with it. Please keep, keep going. My yeah. friends have invited me to <laughs> go also, to Vegas. Are for there Christmas. any good British accents? Let's be real. Hot yeah. take. Hot take. So my friends invited me, my best friend, who is played by the amazing Tay Diggs. Very, very well, very well. It's slowly going to do Hugh Grant in Vegas, so <laughs> at this point. Um, and my other mates, we go along and we're driving through Vegas uh, in the middle of the night, but they threw me in the trunk. And for some reason, that's never explained. No one and... has ever done a summary in first person, and I am in love with this. <laughs> because I also am a little bit of a wild card. <laughs> so... And so Terry, terribly sorry to get off track. We end up eating at a buffet where several friends talk about in very much the most Tarantino dialogue I've ever heard in my life about tantra sex and eating shrimp on a road trip, which causes them to all get massive diarrhea when we get to To be clear that's the shrimp, not the tantric sex, Uh, right? Well, it leads one thing to another because then... For some reason, only two of my friends are allowed to be in the ho- to be with me in Vegas. So my good friend Tay Diggs, the amazing Tay Diggs from Rent, decides to we decide to crash a wedding. Or then I talk Irish for a while. I don't know why. <laughs> and it did, it did just turn Irish. He did turn Irish all of a sudden, you know. And then he, I end up having a threesome randomly with two women from a wedding that was happening in Vegas. But somehow a fire happens because one of them decided that they could only smoke marijuana with a Kleenex in their nose, which I've never seen in my whole life. And I've been around the world. And it somehow ignites in the middle of tantric sex because Tay Diggs taught me about tantric sex. I forgot to say, Tay Diggs is the one. So then I run out naked. This is a true story. And then I'm back to more of, it's Christmas. So it's slowly going back to Hugh Grant now. Tay Diggs is in the lobby, not having a good night. He is mistaken as we leave the hotel or the casino for a valet. Because everyone in Vegas is racist. This is true. Um, And, but the car he is given as a valet is a Ferrari, I believe. Or it is, I can't remember. Something Something nice and red, yeah. Nice and red. A nice fast car. We go to a strip club where my good friend drug dealer has given me his credit card (laughs) and says Vegas is on me. But I am also warned when we go to the strip club that I should not buy a bottle of expensive champagne or that means I'm really going to pay for it. But right before we enter the club, we find a gun in the car and I have a lot of fun with it. I've never seen an American gun, but in here, I hold ten men's lives. That's what I know. <laughs> and so, we go into the club. Mind you, I have a gun on me this whole time. And I order the most expensive bottle of champagne I will ever have. And then, I end up paying with my drug dealer's credit card to have a lap dance with Tay Diggs. 
and two other women who clearly were not the most beautiful women in this club. I do not know where they came from. They just like they, they switched me. You ever had I'm that happen to you? I'm glad you clarified that Tay Diggs didn't give you the lap dance. That was he was there those. though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then accidentally, I like to get a little handsy, and I was told not to put my hands on them. And accidentally. so accidentally, accidentally <laughs> is a bold choice. Yeah. Yes. What? He's a bad <laughs> listener. It's a second. I'm paying you know, with my Ameri- card. American English is your second language. I get it. <laughs> and so they're not happy. They stop the dance. Tay Diggs stops dancing. That's not good. <laughs> and so my friend Tay Diggs starts getting beaten up for my own discretions, my indiscretions. Because everyone in Vegas is racist, yeah. And I pull out <laughs> the gun and I shoot the man. Because you know why? That's my best friend, Tay Diggs, right there. And then we somehow quickly skirt off before we get more in trouble out of the out of the strip club. Things get a little hazy for a bit. We go back. My friends in the hotel room have massive diarrhea. They have not been well this whole time. And so we just realize we have to go. Hence the title. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, as we're leaving... Oh, I forgot. That nice red <laughs> red car. Somehow... They GPSed us, and it stopped in the middle of the, the strip. It's OnStar. This is it really funded this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OnStar. Uh, Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah, and no, that so, doesn't matter at all. You could have skipped it. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and then... <laughs> we don't need every single scene play-by-play. This is oh, already the longest summer we've ever done on this podcast. It. I experienced it. So what are you talking about? Sorry, I don't want to minimize your truth. experiences. <laughs> tell your truth. <laughs> but... All of a sudden, Three Dog Night starts playing, and there's a big, gigantic car chase sequence where all my friends have massive diarrhea still, are being chased by the strip club owners. And somehow, we get wedged into a into a, the smallest alley I've ever seen in my life, and we are pushed out onto the Sunset Strip. But in just in the nick of time, the drug dealer or strip club owners are smashed, um, are, flip their car over, and we drive away from Vegas, never to be seen from again until a surprise third epilogue act that I come in <laughs> the end. <laughs> Mostly I said, okay, first off, the, the wildest thing about this movie to me is how excited he is to go to a strip club after just having a threesome. <laughs> That's the biggest thing that doesn't make sense to me. Well, uh, you have to remember he was doing tantric sex, tantric sex so he didn't pop. That's true, but like the whole point is, you redirect the energy inside of you, and like it's fine. It's fine, I assume. If you're describing sex as fine, sex uh, is yellow. fine. That's my stance. <laughs> That's the official. I mean, it's it's still good. All right, when you're ready, Sage. Right. Well, hello. My name is Adam and Zach. No, I can't commit to that bit. <laughs> First person with two people. All right, so uh, Adam and the third chapter in this story is Adam and Zach, who are the uh, the two actors played by Scott Wolf and Jay Moore, and uh, they are, I guess, not they're on TV, but no one recognizes them for this entire time. <laughs> um, they are they are busted by William Fickner and uh, forced to go undercover and uh, entrap some people selling drugs. They're going after the British guy. But uh, he has to go to Vegas uh, with his mates because he hears it's wonderful and he's never been. You know, it's not even that great of a lie. It's just so great in a British accent. And we, we see it through, through their angle. And after Rana leaves, 
and uh, get spooked by the obvious cops. <laughs> they they're they're free of their of their contracts. They uh they don't have to go around entrapping girls into selling drugs. Bill Fickner is going to just like uh sign the contract and uh let them loose from their possession charge. But oh wait, he's not because they have to go to dinner first. And also I'm probably skipping over the the most important uh subplot in this whole thing, uh which is that they are secret gay with each other. Man, that's a bad time to pause. <laughs> I was just thinking about how the first time I saw this movie, I actually did not catch it until Katie Hobbs very clearly says, man, gay men are so hot. It's tragic. It, it's not very and subtly watching coded, it now, they sure do hit you with a, no, it's you with not. a nail over the head. <laughs> but like, I saw it the first time when I was 16, and I just missed it. <laughs> and so sure. maybe it's a good thing that they have a moment in the, in the film, which is just like, yeah, just in case you missed it, these two characters are gay. <laughs> But you know it's 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 the '90s, so they have to be they have to be secret about it. Uh, and also, they're very much cheating on each other. Uh, so the the cheating gay couple um, go to dinner at uh, William Fichtner's house, uh, where the cop maybe makes a move on one of the guys, and his wife definitely <laughs> makes a move on the other. Uh, and they just seem very, very intense. It, it seems like they're just going to try to fuck them. Uh, but actually, they are there to sell them Amway. <laughs> it's, a, it's a delightful little scene that really doesn't mean anything from a plot perspective. But I'm very great, glad it's there. So what, what are they trying to sell them again? Uh, they're selling uh, 20 for... Oh, Amway. No, sorry. Confederated, Confederated Products. products. <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different company. <laughs> it's a different company. It's, it's a whole... The whole thing. Different quality of product. Yes. Yeah, really. <laughs> From the candles to the is confederated products. <laughs> to the like to the, I said, the, the meat that you're eating right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess most of this movie is texture, but this is a scene that like could be cut from the entire film without affecting anything. <laughs> well, you know. I'm glad. I'm glad that's not the case. Yeah. It's a different. Let's sign it and get out of there. And uh, then they talk about all the times they've cheated on each other and who they've they've done it with, and it just turns out to be the the same makeup artist, Jimmy, Jimmy the from makeup, makeup, Jimmy yeah. from makeup. And they go and they they try to track him down. Uh, they talk to his Melissa McCarthy sister, who is just super excited to be in on this drama. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, guess where guess where Jimmy is? Can you guess based on the movie that we've seen so far? That's right. He is at the rave. He is at Merry Xmas, uh, just living his best life. And um, then we we catch up with the first act where um, they hit that girl with their car <laughs> and they have to figure out how bad of people they are. Are they going to hit and run? Because they bring up a good point. Like there was a guy pointing a gun at her. Uh, so maybe he... He is going to kill her later, or maybe he went down in the ditch and shot her, and the, maybe it's not their problem anymore. Um, so eventually, they do they do just leave, uh, and it's and it's fine, and nothing bad happens. Just kidding. Their their lav mic is still on them, which I love that these actors are just not aware of having lav mics. <laughs> They're very concerned about it. I mean, maybe TV shows like in the mid nineties, I just don't think used lavs. That's why they all sound like shits. <laughs> So they end up going back because they should either make certain there's not a dead body or hide it to like pretend it was all lines or whatever, like some sort yeah. of cover up. Sage, what kind of car are they driving? By the way, it's a Miata. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of colors is Miata too? It's like 
It's like bright yellow Miata. It's a Miata. It's not going to fit. Open the back seat and help me lift her. Uh, I forget the actual quote, which I shouldn't, because this is the scene that we had to reenact in film school. <laughs> it was something where, like, the art direction didn't matter. It was just, like, how we – so, like, a lot of people just did it in the in the, in the the studio. I actually, like, took a car out to, like, a like a ditch and, and made my friends haul up. Well, it was just a sack of potatoes. <laughs> it how are the veggie burgers? Yeah, no, there's a lot of great quotes I don't remember. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, that's such a great moment yeah. where he's trying. He's like, we're on set. Can't you see? This is just a scene. I'm not having a fucking psychotic break. There's a dead Then help me get her in the fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> Smell those veggie burgers. Smell them. Man. Smell them. <laughs> Smell them. <laughs> I, w- I wish there was still footage of that because every single person in the class did it with varying results. And mine, not to brag, was probably the worst. <laughs> it was very bad. I had, I had edited it the, the way you edit everything in film school, like up till like 6 a.m. And then you make certain the DVD copies and then you show it at 8 a.m. And then you go to bed at 10 and skip the rest of your classes because <laughs> you can always make things better and i i was gonna sneak in a little a little heartbeat just to like add to the tension like when they realize that she might when when they drop her the first time um and it worked fine on my computer and then when they when they put it up on the big screen it was just doo, 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 just like super <laughs> visible and tacky and also if you can tell there's a heartbeat you think it's her heartbeat based on when it starts, so it just it it's ruined everything. Fair enough. Everyone made fun of me. I quit film school. <laughs> just like how this movie ends, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. How does this movie end? <laughs> uh, so, like, that's that's the end of, of drop her. their story, and then we continue with the movie, and we, we sync up with all of our characters. Katie Holmes. Uh, yeah, no, they draw because Sarah Pauly, Rana, is is fine. Fine in, in in the loosest of terms, considering she has had a hell of a night and right. has, like, brain on her. But you forgot about me! I came back! <laughs> I came back <laughs> for one final scene. Yeah. Uh, Katie Holmes meets the, the drug dealer in, in a... In a cafe, they do some some cute Tarantino shit and talking about family circus and how it ruins it ruins your whole experience of reading the comics. Just waiting there in the bottom right, waiting to fuck up your day. And uh, you know they're both super attractive '90s heartthrobs, so they they go back to Timothy Oliphant's place and start hooking up until his cat interrupts. And the uh, the the Vegas thugs are there, and uh, Timothy Oliphant literally literally draws them a map. <laughs> And yeah. tells them the best directions to how to get to the British guy, the Simon's British guy's house. place, Simon's house. Uh, who? Um, wait, who's that at at the door? Could that be? Could that be Simon? Hello, I'm, I need a place, a place to hide for a while. I don't know what happened in Vegas. Uh, hello. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, Tony the Thug, think that we should probably just shoot him in the arm. I, I, yeah, I, I've never shot a guy before, and I, I just it's it's uncomfortable. He seems like he's okay with it. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, it's making it weirder. That's the most fleshiest part right there. <laughs> so, I'm okay. shoot a man while he's expecting it. Yeah. And we start we start closing people's chapters. Rana goes back to work, realize she's she's left her her drug gunshot friends. gunshot. We have totally forgot about <laughs> our friend who double dosed. Yeah, I was thinking about him for a while. But that's great yeah. because we they forgot about him too. Everyone forgot yeah. about him. 
Rana's Rana's good friend uh, stole a couple pills from her that she desperately needed to sell for rent because he's a party guy. And he has the great uh, montage sequence of being in the grocery store dancing with the other grocery store lady for like five seconds. That's a great very pro ecstasy movie. I mean, my favorite ecstasy sequence is when the cat starts giving them the clues to the pop yeah. culture game, and then just says, "You're going to die." <laughs> Which I don't know how I haven't seen that just used as a meme all the time. <laughs> and then the movies, the movies over. Yeah, right. you... sure. everyone's happy. Merry Christmas. Yeah. What are we gonna do all for right, New Year's? What are we gonna do for New Year's? Oh, that's right. Um, and the sequel that never what happens. What are we gonna do for? Uh, well, the sequel's Wits. Three Kings. <laughs> so I'm just gonna say, it. Go is my favorite Christmas movie. It's got some good company, but it's a very good Christmas movie, yeah. Yeah. I, I've had people try to argue when I, I mean like I'm fitting it in the conversation to be snooty the same way that, like people will a lot of people say my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard, which is a movie that takes place on Christmas. This is a movie where several characters are wearing Christmas hats. Christmas hats. Santa Santa hats. <laughs> you know, the famous Christmas hat. <laughs> I mean, if we have to argue it, I would say Die Hard is the better Christmas movie. But that's not what we're here to do. Yeah. We're, yeah, it's not. It's not a I'm very. With you, I'm with you I, on the stage. I think this is definitely. Yeah, I, I like Go more than Christmas Die Hard, movies. but like, and and Gremlins is the best two. Christmas movie. But again, we're not here to make this argument. <laughs> oh lord! <laughs> <laughs> Top five Christmas movies, definitely in there. <laughs> so, and sneak shout out to Red Snow, which didn't come out in time for Christmas. But, you know, it's okay. <laughs> So, Sorry, what were you saying, Sage? Well, I was just thinking about how usually we do this summary in like two minutes so that we could talk this, about this the rest of the film. This took a while. This was 20. This was Your 10 fault. times. This is my fault? Yeah, you wanted three chapters. Okay, it's John August's fault. I just fault. didn't I don't want know. every single scene in the summary as usual. Just like the broad strokes. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I love the energy of this film. Mm-hmm. The propulsive kinetic Doug Lyman energy, but also a lot of this film is just people talking super low energy. When we had to read this script and like reenact parts of it, we did that before he showed us the movie. And again, I'm the only person who had seen the movie. So everyone did. We also reenacted uh, just the scene with Claire and Todd Gaines, uh, mm-hmm. which is the, are you a virgin? You ever been laid? Like all the, and just like weird conversations on the phone call. And every single person did it much more animated and high energy he's a drug dealer they just assume he's kind of strung out and like there's a way to say those words that is like menacing in like this guy could do anything at any time rather than like the calm collected uh coolness that timothy oliphant brought to it which still has that and i would argue in like a more yeah yeah i i'm always a fan of like playing something menacing low like when 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 tempers get high Volume should go low and things should be like that. Sub, that subduedness can really contain menace or excitement. But he doesn't also do like the 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 approach to menace that you might expect. It's just, there's right. there's just a lot of low energy in this high energy film, and it's it's kind of fascinating. I just wanted to highlight that. Answer the question, Claire. <laughs> yeah, we did that scene. Yeah. God, I wish there was footage of this. Who do you guys think the MVP of this film is? Hmm. I, I, I will say t- Mr. Todd Gaines, Timothy Oliphant, sticks out to he, me. He is killer. I would say like the un the unsung hero is maybe like that best friend that we forgot to mention in the in the recap. It's very good. 
is doing a fantastic job in every scene. And he yeah. gets his own moments, but like him in the background, he's wonderful. I do have to say also, though, Desmond Llewellington probably never got more of a bigger part in the States than playing that British guy. So, but uh, he bring, he ties the room together. He's the one who catal- yeah, he's no. the catalyst to all of it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like every, every, there's not a single part in this movie that like I disliked. Everyone was cast so well and knocked it out of the park. And I'm not sure if that's like credit to direction as well. Like you're saying, Sage, those choices to play those things low. It's just... In terms of acting, at one of my favorite movies for that. I'm I I think I'm gonna give it to Tay Diggs mostly because Todd Gaines oh, man, is already great. taken. <laughs> um, there's just certain sequences. The just the idea of uh, his his yellow jacket that he's so proud of just <laughs> makes not... every slightly yeah. racist person in Vegas just assume he's a bathroom attendant or a valet. Him and Breckin Meyer's friendship too, that give and take that scene between in the, the car. two of them Fucking is wonderful. so delightful. Oh, man. The contact film my Breck- No, I said that story. The details matter. Yeah, what color what color was her the eyes? Details matter. Breckin Meyer saying, like, yo, my great grandmother was black or whatever. My gra- my mom's mom's mom was black. I told you. If you were any oh, less boy. black, you would be clear is my favorite line from this film. <laughs> but that's like the like you mentioned the the the, the diner scene being like the most Tarantino. Yeah. That scene to me is like very typical post pulp fiction. This is the movie where a white person mm-hmm. gets to say the n word. Yeah, sure. like this this whole sequence <laughs> is like oh this is wraps up the post Tarantino because I always feel like this that setting with the family circus thing has a little that moment, but it's almost like this like could be going more menacing and it doesn't that's the, the low keyness of it at the end of the day is it's like oh it's kind of sweet like these two people that clearly should have not hooked up at the beginning of the night hooked up at the end kind of thing so i don't know it's just, i feel like yeah like the top the the toxic era of ter- post tarantino movies is in that in that car scene sorry not to bring the room down well yeah I, no no yeah. i i definitely hear what you're saying although yeah. i will argue one small bit of progress is at least they're trying to make it pretty clear that the white person shouldn't be. <laughs> this is As very compared true. to Tarantino's yeah. just like, fuck it. I get to say the N word. Cause I'm Tarantino. Yeah. I will <laughs> cast myself so that I can say the N word in my yeah. movie. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> you guys and have uh, Vegas stories that rival this. God, no, I took shrooms and did laser tag, but you know, that would have been fun anywhere. Doesn't... Yeah, that's true. Who needs Vegas? <laughs> this could have ended in that... So the film... Our first night, uh, we finally had a break in Vegas to shoot from the movie. Um, our second AD had just broken up with his girlfriend that night. And we had we went to go watch Drive. Um, when And so I think there was sort of a danger mode <laughs> for all of us. It was like... It was a pack of like PAs and ADs together. And we went to a place called Treasure Island, I think, and did karaoke after this. Mm-hmm. But second AD homie was feeling pretty, pretty adventurous. Made friends with a group of people that definitely, I was actually just, I'm, I'm going for it. I don't know where this is going. And by the end of the night, they're like, you should come like party with us. Let's go to a strip club. And I was, like, poking the bear on this, like, yeah, just do it, do it, let's go, let's go, let's see what happens. These people definitely, if I was not, if I was sober, I'd say, get the hell away from me kind of thing, but it was Vegas. But um, for some weird reason, Second AD guy checks his uh, money in his ATM account 
and finds that he's in negative balance and then totally oh. just goes like, no, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. Like just has like this like moment of probably clarity that we don't know where this story would end up if maybe the movie would not have gotten finished uh, because of this and just goes like in this whole like, nope, can't go out, can't do anything. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, should I go with these people? And then I guess because they knew him mostly, they're like, all right, see you later. And we were just like stuck there. And so we ended up back at the, like, I don't know. We ended up going to another casino and I like had made some money earlier that night on, on some roulette and I lost it all at that casino. I was just so mad. at the end. I was like, why didn't we just go to the strip club? <laughs> so, that's what casinos are for. Yeah. yeah. So, but that, that is, that's probably the most craziest. It could have been crazier, but I just ended up losing my money anyways. <laughs> another casino. So. Gavin, you ever uh, hit a girl with your car? Uh, not that I'm going to admit to on a podcast that we send wow. out into the world stage. <laughs> um, you ever got busted for a possession and had to entrap a girl and then hit her with your car? <laughs> I'm going to continue pleading the fifth on this podcast, Sage. <laughs> you ever take two hits of ecstasy when you're only supposed to take one? So, I... Ecstasy <laughs> is weirdly the drug that I... <laughs> Ecstasy is weirdly like the drug that I'm like afraid of. That the, the whole two ice cubes, ice cream sized scoops out of your brain. What I don't remember what movie that's from, but that like stuck with me. I'm uh, ecstasy scares me, which I know it's not that uncommon of a drug, especially like when I was growing up, like around college, it was very popular. But uh, yeah, ecstasy has always been what I'm afraid of, despite this movie making it look like a whole mess of fun, even when you're ODing. <laughs> Oddly enough, it's the only drug I've never taken, Gavin. <laughs> the only drug. The only wow. drug that you is... take that uh, horse tranquilizer or not horse tranquilizer <laughs> or horse deworber of taking a horse tranquilizer. Oh no! Oh no! Um, yeah. Um... You ever take crocodile and watch your arm fall off? Oh man, Gavin, you ever been making out with Timothy Oliphant on some stairs when some Vegas thugs come down? <laughs> I mean, another thing that I I just don't like I've been afraid of is like making out on stairs just seems really uncomfortable. Like I know they don't make it look as fun in um, what is it, a history of violence? But uh, yeah, sex on stairs seems uncomfortable. <laughs> I just don't. I do not get the appeal. It was like, carpeted. It looks hot. It was carpeted on this. Yeah, one. but it's not like heavy carpet. Like even shag would be. It's still like those like pointy like stairs into your spine. I'm not into it. Starting there, I feel like it's a decent place to like make out on. Yeah. It's not the most comfortable, but you get to move from it. Make out on the banister there. It's right there. You know. Then you don't have to like get up from a staircase. Kevin, you fucking prude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I've had nights that ended up. On a staircase, but it, it's carpeted, so it's fine. <laughs> so that's all. I'm Benji, you have any toxic friendships with British people? <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> oh, great. Didn't think that was going to lead anywhere. <laughs> that's probably why I did the horrible uh, first person accent. For <laughs> um, Shout out to them. Yeah. Work at a record store for five years, and you will have many, many interesting toxic relationships. <laughs> so. <laughs> Makes sense. Great. Based on my, my reading of High Fidelity, those are extremely friendly and welcoming places. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you will meet your before and after in the same time also as well. So, Speaking of record stores, did you, uh, did you have the soundtrack, either of you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can't. You can't just nod your head on yeah. a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I was like, yes. 
I mean, it was, I still played it actually. Funny enough, I found it, a CD of it um, that was scratched at, at the record store I worked at and I put it in my car and drove around LA listening to it one, one Christmas a few years back. And it was very, very special. So. Wow. What's the, what's the, like the Christmas banger that, uh, uh, from that soundtrack or just in general from that soundtrack, but we can, oh, we can, we can, it's all about new music. at the end, the no doubt song. That's, that's the song to always play. So, okay. I'm going to go. I, I love, I love that. Uh, um, the magic carpet ride remix. That is really fun. That's real good. Um, and then uh, fucking Steal My Sunshine is just one of my favorite songs from the 90s. <laughs> like, there's so many needle drops of this film that just, like, brought a fucking grin to me. They all work, though. Like, yeah. none of them overstay their welcome. This movie just moves at such an efficient pace. And, yeah, like you said, it was a critic darling, aside from that one person you mentioned. Uh... Fucking Leonard Malton. <laughs> yeah. You know, enemy of the podcast, apparently. I don't actually know who he is, but... <laughs> But again, I'm very bad with names. <laughs> when we finish, we're going to look it up. And uh, if he's still alive, we're going to go just beat him up. Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Sage, did you want to talk a little bit about how this movie did financially and uh, move into that realm of... I forget how, how it did financially. I know it was made for, for $20 million, uh, which simultaneously feels like a lot and not enough. I have to remind myself that aside from like, you know, there there's there's warehouse scenes with a lot of extras and there's a pretty impressive yeah. car chase. Other than that, there's not that many expensive things that that happen in this. I know they spent some money. They the grocery store that they were filming at, they uh they found like a a rundown one. They liked the look of just a shitty grocery store and the money that they gave the grocery store, they spent part of it to fix it up and make it look more Hollywood. <laughs> and they had to have their art department make it look shitty again. Yeah. Which is uh gotta hurt the grocery store's owner's feelings. <laughs> like, no, you made it look too good. We need this to be a shitty place where people who might be evicted would work. I will and say drug I mean, dealers. Like you said, yeah, twenty million dollar budget. It's a good looking movie. Yeah. For 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 it especially like for its time. Like this is is this Gavin's digital, cinematography so that, corner? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I've got nothing particular to say. It's just like a very beautiful, naturalistic-looking film. Everything feels like what it should look like. The world is cohesive. And like the energy on specifically any of the driving sequences, not just the chase ones, which, I mean, in that, it ends with a fantastic... The car stunts in this movie are actually pretty insane. Yeah. For a movie that feels very organic and natural and like low budget in a lot of ways, there's some huge car stuff in this movie. Do you like that? How Doug Lemon is his own uh, cinematographer as well. I mean, Swingers, Swingers, also a beautiful movie. Yeah, no, the man's got chops. Is he you know, still shooting his own, or is that was just? That's probably why Chaos Walking took forever to make. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm not happy with it yet. <laughs> Let's just reshoot this movie again three times. From my understanding, oh God, the... that's right. <laughs> A quick Wikipedia shows that it's these two and then a movie called Fair Game, which was nominated for the Palme d'Or, uh, which I have not seen. Yeah. Sean Penn, uh, Naomi Watts movie. It's a, it's a dad thriller. Yeah. How's no, it look? It's, uh... Is it pretty? Uh, it's, it's, just... uh, it's actually <laughs> a little colder. Like it's, yeah. uh, it's a little washed out on that movie. I don't remember that terribly well. I remember it being kind of a subdued spy thriller. 
Yeah. Washed out. I remember it being a subdued thriller on the back of that that's DVD. That's not a bad thing. That's yeah, that's another one of his. <laughs> that's not ones. a bad thing, Rave Sage. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm yeah, all no, up today. It made twenty eight point five million, which like, you know, I'm not sure how much a movie's really supposed to make anymore, just in the world of like Marvel. Especially now. <laughs> yeah, nothing makes sense anymore. Well, but, everyone know, didn't, only didn't lose Spider Man movies. <laughs> You know, the problem is most of the movies that came out this year didn't have a single Spider-Man in them. <laughs> yeah. Did this one have a Spider-Man in it? I forget. I didn't mean 1999. I meant 2021. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Spider-Man in this movie. Fear and Loathing has a Spider-Man. That is true. Oh. God, was that this year? Jesus Christ. Nin- uh, 90, 98. That was the year All before. Right. You go to hell, Benjamin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you crush my It's because... Time. Uh, segue. I we're doing uh, the next episode is on fear and loathing. So oh, okay. Been in the middle of this. So. The next episode of what we'll get to in a moment. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but for now, I feel like are we we in a in a in a place where we tell Benji that we actually fucking hate uh, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we we actually own the rights to uh, to go and. Uh, you know we can't just sit on them they will expire give if we just let them sit on the shelf so uh out of our fiduciary ex- um what's that word we've got our a responsibility, responsibility. To- we, have the, we have a responsibility to the shareholders oh yeah we yeah. have to either remake reboot or do a sequel to this movie um we have to just squeeze the milk out of goes utters yeah. Is it, is it a resurrection as you're talking about? Is what you're talking about? We have to go resurrection. <laughs> go resurrection. That's what you're saying. Um, yeah, we have to go the next generation. We're reviving a canceled undercover police program from the 80s. Oh, it's not a remake. It's a reboot. You see, the guys in charge of this stuff lack creativity. What the fuck is a reboot? So all they do now is recycle shit from the past. We're working on less of a shriekle and, and more of a screaming. Expect us all not to notice. I like it. Another... Did we not prep him for this? Because this is a mean thing to do to guests. Uh, no, no. I thought that was. I, I, I saw this. I saw the outline. I saw the outline. So, okay, yeah. great. Yeah, the remake. Well, yeah, part, so yeah. there's been a bumper. It's played, um, and now we talk about how we would do this movie, uh, given no limits, uh, which includes like you know, if you've got a pitch for a good video game, you want to do uh, a stage play rendition of this thing, or you want to just take like one character and do the furthering adventures of Simon. Um, whatever, whatever you want to do. I want to trick people and just reboot the board game using some of these characters. <laughs> the, the, the black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Trap your mm-hmm. opponents and, and, and destroy them, uh, which would obviously star Breckin Myers and Tay Diggs. <laughs> so, so funny enough, enough, there is a That's movie on Tubi right now that came out. Through about a couple years after this, called RX. Do you know? Have you ever heard of this okay. movie called RX? No. Uh, it has Colin Hanks in it, and <laughs> and Lauren German. Uh, she was the lead in um, Hostel Part Two. Um, uh, she's like in a lot of indie stuff. Uh, the concept of this movie is kind of what you would probably maybe think the New Year's episode would be because it's three friends going to a rave in Mexico, and. Ooh. One of them is like, oh, shit, I got to pay for college. My dad just fucked up and, like, lost the family inheritance. So I need to 
find a drug dealer to swallow a bunch of ecstasy pills. And essentially, that drug dealer is played by Alan Tudyk, who's also a Nazi. Wow. You find out later on. Right, right, a right, Nazi right. hiding in Mexico, drug dealer. You mean Nazi. the character, not the beloved. <laughs> not, 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 not beloved, beloved Alan Tudyk. canceled actor, no. <laughs> Alan Tudyk. <laughs> <laughs> canceled now? Damn. Everybody well, from Dollhouse. Well, after this yeah. Nazi stuff came Everybody to light, yes. It, but essentially, it, it, is, it is the sequel to this movie in a lot of ways if you think about it. It is the like, hey, I need to pay for college to go to school. I need to swallow all these pills, and another one of my friend, I can't swallow all of them, so I'll bring another friend along, and then, lo and behold, sadly, other the pills pop in one of the friend's stomach, that friend dies, they have, a, have him in the oh trunk first of the movie, and oh they geez. drive around Mexico trying to get back to the United States, and so, to me, in a lot of ways, so that this is, is a sequel that already exists. There, there is a sequel that kind of does exist. Okay. So, we'll show, we'll shove the, the characters list. in. We're actually going to remake RX and call it a sequel to Go. Uh, my mate, my mates are going to Tijuana. I've never been. I've heard it's amazing. <laughs> oh, Terry, Terry, sorry. I was wondering what Tijuana was like. <laughs> All right, come yeah. on, get in your MLK spirit or whatever holiday you said. <laughs> no, it's Three Kings, right? You said Three What's Kings. New, it's Three yeah. Kings Day. <laughs> three Kings. I'll do this one day. Yeah, we, <laughs> I think it's the best thing. You put it in like just. A, at least for us, just completely BDO holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Or even better, do like a St. Patrick, Patrick's Day and you send them to, obviously, Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is probably one of the bigger yeah. St. Patrick's Day celebrations in the world. Actually, it might be. <laughs> just for no, people no from irony. California just leaving to get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they do a St. Patrick's Day celebration at Tijuana. <laughs> Man, yeah, this is this is such a nebulous film that it is pretty hard to do. Like, you can capture the essence, maybe, which is what you're describing, which is a lot of fun. Like, I, we we will get again. We keep talking about this conversation about post um, Pulp Fiction movies that ape certain parts of that structure, of which my favorite is Intermission. In case any, I uh, I know Sage has like blank Still views. Blank stairs. Irish Intermission film too. movie. I love. Yeah, it's An great. But yeah, no, like I, I like the idea of just yeah, changing changing the city that it's in, um, and just trying to recapture that essence. They do set it up for New Year's. Um, I would love to see a web series or like a um like an HBO series or a Netflix series based mm-hmm. around this style of content where maybe we I'm a huge fan of easy and checking in with like certain characters over and over again throughout a season could be High really fun. Like Yeah, I'd love to see, you know, <laughs> more pitches for like these i would call them dirty cops uh who are bringing in people they releasing to try and sell them amway i think is incredibly unethical i would watch more of that i would watch the more hijinks of broke uh people working at a grocery store and um yeah i would watch more of breckenmeyer and tadig's friendship as it uh <laughs> Dances so effortlessly on the rocks on the beach. Another yeah. forty-eight hours. There was some movie where where Breck and Myers had to go on like a road trip, but he would take Tay Diggs. That's what that's what clearly American cinema is screaming for. 
any film with like if we could just get one film with Breckenmeyer on a road trip. <laughs> you could probably do another Garfield with him and Ted Dick shows up. <laughs> He's always That dead. would be my perfect sequel to go, uh, which I don't think could happen now is uh no, I'm sorry, I'm ignoring the thing you just said about Garfield. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh I thought you were I thought this was a Garfield yeah. No, just like Ted Diggs and Breckenmeyer's like have to one of them has to go cross country, the other one I don't know has the car. Ted Diggs obviously doesn't have yeah, a car anymore. They don't, they don't, Tay Diggs doesn't want to be on a road trip with Breckenmeyer. No. <laughs> but Breckenmeyer has family in Mississippi, and then he... And it just goes yeah, weird. his mom's mom's mom died. His mom's <laughs> Whatever. That would be really funny, because then Tay Diggs is actually dealing with racism in the South, and Breckenmeyer thinks he's dealing with racism <laughs> yeah. in the South. Hey, this sounds like Magic Mike uh, XXL all of a sudden. What's going on? Which here? is great. Another another fantastic indie uh, director. Shoot. Actually, I don't know if he directed Shooting his own that thing. one. He just shot that one. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it gets weird, yeah. You want to talk about crazy. Steven Soderbergh shoots most of his movies, sh- shot Magic Mike, and then for the sequel, he just shot it. He was just the DP, and someone else <laughs> directed it. That's fucking nuts. But yeah, so Go XXL also, you know, would be a good time. <laughs> I, I do put Doug Lyman in the Steven Soderbergh category of directors. It's just like people who just like do whatever they feel like doing at the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he can always cash in on those executive producing of those born supremacy movies. Um. All right. Well, <laughs> well, Gavin, we actually skipped the final verdicts. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's straight to reboot. We, do, huh? we could, I mean, I think it's pretty clear I, how we yeah. all feel about this, but you can give your final thoughts on it now. Well, so is it still good? Is it better as a memory, or uh, do we draw an X on its shoulder, erase that, then draw it over their chest in a heartbeat, and then get a gunman's dad to berate him and call him not a man until he eventually shoots this movie in the chest? And uh, what <laughs> I, should we never speak about it again? Is do this, we? Is still good? <laughs> Do we leave it in the ditch or do we go back for it? Okay, yeah, that makes that's a little cleaner. Girl, I was girl in the ditch, our problem. Girl not in the ditch, not our problem. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie's this movie's great. It's still good. I love it. It was such a good time. I hadn't seen it in a very long time, and it I was had a I was grinning ear to ear for the entire runtime. So yeah. <laughs> Next. Yeah, those things. I understand why you moved right past the still good because I have nothing but glowing things for this. I have nothing to really improve. Uh, maybe I don't know. No, nah, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it's probably some different casting choices that could have been different. <laughs> different casting yeah. choices that could have been different is the pull quote. <laughs> there you go <laughs> for the back of the DVD. <laughs> Nah, I, I can't find my, my usual shitty things to say about whatever we're talking about. I love Go, yeah. and uh, watching again didn't ruin that. <laughs> I'll just stick with my mantra, fuck Leonard Malton on that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. That this... is the fourth option. We don't usually explicitly list it for <laughs> guests, but yeah. Yeah, I, I just I feel like this movie, it, it it definitely inspired me in many ways, maybe unconsciously too. Uh, to figure out life as a young, as a young thirteen-year-old that wasn't allowed to see it in a theater, and then saw it on his video store and rented it, and was like, "This is." I wish a lot of movies would have this kind of energy, but also mm-hmm. have that. I really like that. Yeah, they call it that. That they they are very low key 
at times where you think they'd be more animated. I think that is uh, something that's quite quite a good observation on that. So. It's got good finesse. Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, you watched this film and took away that, wow, all of these adults really have their life figured out. And you were <laughs> exactly. excited yeah. to be an adult. I was like, is this how my this is how my late teens, early twenties are gonna be? It, and it kinda they kinda were, but I didn't realize that So this is like yeah. your big. In a lot of ways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I you know, I still haven't strung up lights in my car yet. But yeah, that's the the last the last thing. So that and just hang out with Bill Fitchner all day. That that'd be he's got stories. I would love to hang that out with Bill Fitchner. I just ask him about how was Armageddon. Just give me like three hours. Just tell me how Armageddon <laughs> was making that. Oh, movie. <laughs> talk to me about Prison Break. <laughs> oh yeah, Prison Break. Yeah. Tell Where's... me about Drive Angry Shot in 3D. <laughs> oh, that's his best performance. Yeah, that's. Tell yeah, me that's... about your one scene in The Dark Knight where I think you're supposed to be the Riddler. <laughs> It's a great scene. Though. It's a great yeah. scene, and it, I kind of slowly, as I watch The Dark Knight each time, when I get around to it, I, I kind of get more and more upset that he's not in it more, because he's clearly alive, and they never bring him back. Yeah. And see, then I would ask him what it was like voicing Hades in Disney's Hercules, oh. and uh, he would be mad at me, and our friendship would not blossom, I think you'd be excited well, that you actually know, you, you know his work. <laughs> He seems like a kind of guy who's like, oh, you know my work? Like, kind of person. No, then he'd be like, I'm not fucking James Woods. Oh, I, 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 I actually <laughs> thought you were talking about, because you know how Disney made those animated TV yeah. series where it's like, hey, you got kind of a similar oh, vibe. Wait, did, like, you, like, did, did they like, cast him? Yeah, I mean, I would not you, be surprised. Had... Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. What, I think what Bill was it Spitz like James... being on both The Simpsons and Family Guy? <laughs> Here's the thing. Bill Fitcher, I think, has a reputation of being a more stand-up guy than James Woods at the end of the day. So I will say that. I yeah. would just assume that. I know nothing about Bill Fitcher's <laughs> reputation. James Woods is a fan of horses, and uh, as I'm sure has leaked through parts of this podcast, I am not. So, you know. I, so I, transitive property. If you want to see a James Woods movie that really encapsulates James Woods. John's Carpenter's Vampires. Ooh, that's a good Sorry, one. Go ahead. Fast Walking, where he plays a prison guard, but he's also a part-time pimp. And he made a movie with the same people called Cop, uh, which is essentially, imagine Dirty Harry, but like three times more extreme. And he's like, he's a terrible human being in that. And you're like, this is James Woods. He never, he was, he was just playing himself this whole time. Wow. So yeah, Cop and Fast Walking are these great 80s films with James Woods that don't get enough. Well, I, before we recommend too many things yeah, and get into, no, no, no. Yeah, this I mean, is the I, part of the I, podcast where we recommend James Woods movies to each other. <laughs> I, I did want to. We didn't. We didn't quiz you enough about like we were. Go, we we're going to ask you to plug things. Oh yeah, and yeah you've yeah. hinted at a few things, but let's let's get into them because they're kind of um, a big part of why you're on the show. And I'm assuming chose go to talk about is uh, this thing that you do. Do you want to describe that thing? Uh, yeah. So Tell us the plot of that thing. Yeah, you I was going to say. Hanks Tom movie. Hanks produces our show. Playtone uh, is our backer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, so uh, what we. So what we do, um, Gavin, uh, you know me from a film festival called Another Hole in the Head. And Correct. during the pandemic, uh, we lost our theater. Uh, we are an annual genre film festival. And we were like, hey, we need to figure out like how to keep things going. So we created a online experience called, we called it the Zoom Underground like screenings. Uh, they started on pretty much right when March, the March 2020 shutdown happened. Uh, started showing movies uh, on a weekly basis. First started on Saturdays, but now 
we're on Warped Wednesdays, and we've been on Warped Wednesdays for almost a year and a half now, and it is all these VH, and we decided to make it a VHS aesthetic, so it's like you pop in that tape, if you remember these things, or you don't, but from your childhood, <laughs> like, you know how, like, you, you recorded something off of, like, Showtime, free weekend, or... We stars. have shouted out stars constantly stars. on this podcast because that was a subscription I had in high school. Stars, cinema, uh, you know, um, Cinemax. Cinemax. I was like, I, was like, I, I thought he said Climax there for a second. Skinemax. Uh, yep. Skinemax. Mm-hmm. So those kind of tapes. Animax. Where, where you have like essentially um, a bunch of commercials cut together, uh, behind the scenes, something themed related, and then we show feature films. Um, I don't know when this podcast will come out, but right now. The episode that we're working on is Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. We're actually doing a Warp Vegas. There's a big thing going on right now with our show. We're obsessed with Vegas stuff, so a lot of Vegas clips were cut together. The show is actually called uh, Warp Dimension TV. That's what the yeah. actual show is called now. Um, but yeah, we also uh, continue on with, we have a fil- an extra film festival as well. Warp Dimension Film Fest that happens uh, once a year, uh, mainly online. And... Uh, I host along with George Castellan Jr. and my friend Laser Craig and Romany. Uh, we get together and kind of just do this weird sort of international film festival at your fingertips uh, kind of thing. So that's kind of the, the warp dimension in itself is what we, we are called. And you can check us out on Patreon as well for $5 you, a month. Did you say Laser Craig? Yeah, that's uh, my co-host. Uh, Fuck, that's a good name. Laser Craig. <laughs> oh my so, God. That's so. good. Um, yeah, we do sometimes characters as well. That's hence my, my terrible, terrible accent that I was doing, uh, interview shows. <laughs> like we have a character named Benji Bob Davis, who may or may not be the illegitimate child of, uh, of Joe Bob Briggs. And so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, he comes in and, and introduces movies if it's a horror film at times as well. And then Randy the Unicorn, if, uh, if I take enough drugs and drinking <laughs> that night, he shows up, so... So Go was probably a Randy the Unicorn. Oh yeah, I know he's in that. He's in there somewhere. He, he, he probably <laughs> thought he took ecstasy and he just took allergy pills. <laughs> so on that end. So. Do you have any other um, movies coming up on Warp Dimension we ha- that you want to shout out? Yeah, we have VR Reeves, which is a Keanu Reeves episode with Johnny Mnemonic on VHS that'll be showing. Um, as well as it's funny enough, Go is we have a Go episode that is available on our Patreon. We just had that um happen that's probably why it was fresh in my memory if you're tired of listening to go for free yeah (laughs) you could go over to his podcast and pay money for it yeah um so yeah there's that end of it um other films that we are probably going to be showing in the next few months the last dragon uh, one of my favorites very gorgeous the last dragon if you've not seen that um as well as uh something i'm really excited for and this is probably when the this might actually drop if it does drop. It's we did a VHS uh, kill-a-thon. We showed five of the Halloween movies on VHS, all the Michael Meyer ones. Wow! Uh, last October, and uh, that's when uh, Sean Sean came by the first time. That um, makes complete sense. And so, um, <laughs> uh, Sean, Sean Lynch from uh, your your guys' feature Red Snow. Uh, Who's know. also been on the podcast. Okay. I thought you were going to say from your guys' podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, came on. We did but, a Jack Frost off. But something I'm really excited for is I have um, <laughs> I have four Dolph Lundgren films, and I want to do a Dolph Lundgren-thon uh, all day. So we do uh, we show four, maybe even five Dolph Lundgren films on VHS. They're very inspired 
by the the man himself, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff. Like, do you know Dolph Lundgren movies? Anyone? I'm I, trying to think of. I've seen four Dolph Lundgren films. I've seen Masters I've, of the Universe. Yeah, that but, might be the only like I've, I missed like all the 80s and 90s ones. I I know like Old Man Dolph Lundgren. Oh, and yeah. Rocky Four. Rocky yeah, Four. I've seen Rocky Four and then the Creed Two. Right. See, so I think it's really exciting is that um, he made the first Punisher movie, one of the first comic book films. That's right. right. I forgot that existed. I have um, not seen that. There's this in – talk about – I red, have a uh, Punisher tattoo. Yeah, we, uh-oh. What kind of podcast yeah, is this? We were, we were all 18 <laughs> oh, I'm once. Out of yeah. here. I'm like, well, you know, there was a long time where that – did. no one would look at that and be like, oh, no. He might have been in a coup. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of podcast did I get on here? Um, there is a film called Army of One that he made that is highly, I highly recommend people see. It is some amazing action sequences, but it also has a fast red car in it. So, um, Okay, yeah. Tying it together. Big Isn't Trouble in Little China. the movie where Nick Cage is trying to find Bin Laden? Wait, who's he in Big Trouble in Little China? You know, it's also called, uh, sorry, um, Army of One is the, uh, yeah, that, that is a Nick Cage movie. It's also sometimes called Joshua Tree, uh, this Dolph Lundgren movie. It goes by a couple different titles. Huh. So, um, okay. It's a strange one. I actually like. Should I pull that one out? I know you don't have a. This is a yeah, visual. But uh, that's. So which one did you knock down? Ooh. Let's go through Ooh. all of them. Uh, open shirt. Yeah, I like open it. Open shirt there. Ooh. But um, nice. not called Patrol in China. It's called Showdown in Little Tokyo. Okay, that makes more sense. Which, I, like, I I know that movie pretty well. <laughs> it should be your next favorite nostalgic '90s movie if you've not seen it because it's not just Brandon, okay. not just Dolph Lundgren. It's Brandon Lee and and Dolph Lundgren as partners. Taking down um, the guy who plays Shang Tsung. Uh, uh, I think I always pronounce it sound Kiri Takanawa. Kiri Takanawa is the main bad guy, and it's okay. um, sounds right. That is that is a um, that film. I don't know why more people don't talk about that movie because that is that's a very special film. That yeah, I just if you you should come on by or just talk to me about it and I'll throw you a copy if you don't know where to find it <laughs> in other places. Hell yeah. So, yeah. Now, can you with your with your with your vast VHS collection behind mm-hmm. you, and your your knowledge of '90s cinema, can you recommend a movie that came out of the post Pulp Fiction wave? Um, so that was inspired to clearly other than was, go was made. Yeah. Um, the Long Kiss Goodnight clearly, oh. I think, uh, yeah. would not. Have, I don't think that version. I don't would think not that's really well. I think I think the decision because um, Sam Jackson's character. Um, Hennessy, Mitch Hennessy, was a white guy in the original script. And that was one of the major changes is they wrote it for Sam Jackson. And I feel like they really wanted it. And I think that's one of the most amazing rewrites. I'm a big Shane Black fan, but I think that yeah. uh, recasting that character as well. Um, I also think Jackie Brown is probably, and Get Shorty are like the two best of that era, besides Go on that end. There's a you can, Get Shorty is a lot of fun. You can go through a whole history of it, like Kick in the Head, One Night in Toledo, Kiss Toledo to buy a lot of walk-in movies from the 90s. Like, you get walk-in for, like, two scenes, Suicide Kings. A also, lot of them are even just titled, seriously. Like, the, the Toledo one, but also, like, Two Days of the Desert, probably the worst of them. Oh, and there's Two Days in the Valley is another one. That, or is that, 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 that's what I'm thinking. There, there's a bunch of them that are called that, like, uh, yeah. Destiny on the Radio um there's 3000 miles to graceland <laughs> Ooh, man oh, that see yeah it, i wanted that to be good so bad there's i mean a good i enjoy it but it's not good 
It's one of those movies is the first time I remember, because that, that came out, like, about a year after Go, when I started, like, following movies, because then that was, like, the era of, like, oh, that's one thing with Go, is it made me want to also, like, watch movies or, like, follow, like, how movies are made. Yeah, yeah. In that sort of 12, 13, 14 year old age. Uh, Three mm-hmm. Miles Graceland has, like, three different cuts that exist, and, um... Okay. Sounds right. Kurt Russell and, like, Kevin Cosner, like, got into a fight, because they both were producers on it, and so there's, like, I guess Kevin Cosner won the producer cut, so that version you're watching is a Cosner version. Bummer. But, like, Kurt <laughs> Russell actually has, like, a different version that is not as violent, because I think he was, like... Does, I, yeah. does Ice Tea have a version? <laughs> which is a much better movie. So, yeah. it's, it's a weird movie, because I think that that I believe the Kurt Russell movie is probably a tighter film at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think that that movie is such a strange film because if you actually cut about 20 minutes out, it's a really solid film. But there's like this 20 minutes of extra like weirdness running around where mm-hmm. it's like jokes that drop off, things like with characters, like the Ice-T character coming in and then leaving for no reason. Um, I don't know. That movie's an interesting film is that I think there's a good version of that out there that we've never seen. Um, but it does get, it is a weird film. <laughs> on that end um but yeah suicide kings is another one that a lot of people uh do you know those ones guys that suicide kings I watched suicide kings yeah suicide kings has been on my list actually to watch for a long time strictly because christopher walken's in it mm-hmm. um but i haven't heard anything about it in general just to tie it in on go a, an awful lot of dennis leary in that movie a lot of dennis leary but also uh zach I think it's Zach from Go. Jay Moore himself is also one of the main characters. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, um, I might I might give okay. that a rewatch. Yeah. Right, I Even, think we're at the the part of the podcast where we're just talking about bullshit for a yeah. while, so it's probably time to wrap <laughs> well, it up. <laughs> there was there was a there was an attempt for an actual recommendation. I could hear what you were asking, Sage, which I will then use a mirror and much like uh, whoever fought the Gorgon Medusa, reflect that question back upon to you. That was a clear go reference in case you didn't catch it. <laughs> you know what I hate about the family circus? Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, Way of the Gun, which is like, it's got enough authorship that I would, I would hesitate to, to even put it in the vein Uh-oh. of like Pulp Fiction, but I think it's at, yeah, no, no, it's definitely inspired by that. Uh, Way of the Gun is just a fantastic Christopher Bacori penned, directed, uh, one of, it's one of my favorite movies and it's just, Scene by scene, it's what made Jack Reacher so fucking great. Is just like the the movie's just a bunch of really expertly directed and written scenes, and it almost doesn't matter how it plays out as a whole. Okay, um, I already shouted out Intermission earlier, which is one of my favorites of like this kind of era of like that indie kind of dramedy with stakes. It's very fun. I have not seen it in a very long time. There is some these the, the characters in it are are terrible people who should not be in a relationship, which it is a romantic comedy at its core. Um, so I don't know how well that has aged. I'm curious to eventually watch this on this podcast. Um, and then the other one I would shout out is uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels was one of my favorite movies like ever. I still have a poster on it uh, from it on my wall. Fair. And uh, that is all I would say very much in this vein as well. And it's. Um, a little, little bit less well-known than Snatch, um, but they're both, like, equally good. People who love Snatch should go check out Lockstock. Uh, it's a much lower-budget film, but it yeah. is so much fun. Yeah, it doesn't have as much, like, sheen and polish of Snatch because of 
because of the money, but it's not uh, many movies do. <laughs> not many movies. <laughs> the movie is are extremely shiny. Snatch is a top five movie for me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Benji, for coming by and uh, letting us rewatch Go with you. I, it was a very, very good time. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. Uh, come on back. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to end on something clever, but I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> so, um, it's okay. We'll we'll insert it later. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll type it into a, like a voice to text. What thing. are we going to do for New Year's? What are we going to do for New Year's? <laughs> 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 New Year's? <laughs> All right, nice to meet y'all. One, two, three, come on. Well, Which do you like better, Go, Argo, or Fargo?